Hi, this is David Steele of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! Hey Magic fans and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. On today's episode, uh, it's a packed one, we are going to be talking about um, what the Magic should do going forward in these final few games, taking a look back at the week that's been, uh, casting a look forward to what is to come. And also we will be joined by a special guest, um, former Magic and now Washington Wizards correspondent for The Athletic, Josh Robbins. But before all that, I am, as always, joined by Mikey, Gary and Grant. Mikey, how you doing, pal? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Hopefully audio better this week. Your now, uh, b- smooth, battery voice is coming through yeah. nice and clear. Now we've got the uh, new microphones. I shall uh, be able to give you a little tune once every so often. <laughs> no, nobody needs that, Paul. <laughs> yeah, everybody be asking to go back to the old audio. Old audio. I'll put my teeth in. <laughs> uh, Gary, how's things for you, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. Just uh, late night coffee and a chat with you guys. So I'm sure my sleep pattern will be as good as always. Oh, mate, that's uh, staying up for some games then at that rate if you're drinking coffee at this time. And from the valleys, Mr. Grant, how you doing, mate? You all right? Good, thank you. Yeah, good to be back. Uh, obviously missed last week. Uh, yep. Had a bit of a heavy night on me's 40th birthday. So, uh, yeah, back to it now. So It was a bit of a uh, NBA UK meetup, wasn't it? In, yeah, as, well, as, as so as that. that was on the Saturday. So I had back-to-back nights. So it was my mate's 40th. So we went uh, for a pizza and some few beers on the Friday. And then on Saturday, uh, myself, uh, Rich Barrett, Nathan Caton, uh, and Mr. Williams, the Utah fan, uh, all met in Cardiff and went to Nathan's gig at the Glee Club. So, uh, yeah, it was good to talk basketball with the guys and uh, have a few beers. So, uh, yeah, heavy couple you, of days. Got to ask you then, was the uh, conversation a unanimous decision, Paolo's Rookie of the Year? Well, <laughs> yeah, it should be, shouldn't it? Let's be honest. But Just you wanted know. to check. Just wanted to check yeah, that yeah, the, yeah, but, the you know, guys were all being sensible. Yeah, no, but you know, Walker Kessler was mentioned, um, as you can imagine. But he's a good player, but he's not Paolo, is he? But no, yeah. no, none of this uh, nonsense Oklahoma City talk, you know, that we've, uh, we've banded <laughs> you, you, around. That you that you have been, uh, should we say, prodding on yes. Twitter? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Jeep took the bait. It. Yeah, and then ran with it. Ran with it. Took a, took an awful lot of uh, line out with him. But, uh, and I think you dragged the lad overboard by the time you'd got so much uh, momentum going, mate. You uh, definitely <laughs> put your point across. Although I will object to one thing you did: plagiarising my tweet. I saw it. It was a, it was factually correct and um, good bit of evidence. Just, just uh, you know. What did you say to me? Couldn't have wrote it better myself. So yes, exactly, used it. Exactly. Exactly, mate. That was in case anyone was wondering, it was his stat line against the LA Lakers, which wasn't pretty, was it, Paul? No, mate. I, uh, I, I think I replied, I think that was uh, the one I used for Kevin O'Connor where he'd put on it or that uh, he was making a push. And uh, I think that's the one I put. I think I put that onto him. Yes, that's it's been fun this week prodding away at him. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so since we last recorded, uh, the Magic have gone one and one, uh, leaving us with a record of thirty-two and forty-four, thirteenth in the East, just. 
and six games remaining with the six best odds in the draft lottery now. So we'll have a quick look at the uh, Brooklyn Nets game, which I'm going to come to you, Gary, for some thoughts. But uh, just to set the scene, a strong home court win. We uh, played what looked like a very tired Brooklyn Nets. Um, won 106-119, balanced team scoring, eight players recording double digits. But, Gary, what's your thoughts, mate? I'm not going to run into all the stats, yeah. just in case it's something you want to know. I'm not to take you... I've stayed off the stats, Paul. I've just gone off like um, the eyesight test, really, of uh, yeah, what I've the game. Um, as we know, one stat, obviously, is the eight players in double figures that you mentioned, and that's tying the Magic franchise record, I believe. Um, it's good to see that, and it's shown, I think, how balanced our team is, and I believe a point was made during commentary that we can't play them all at once, and you think as well that Jonathan Isaac isn't there, and there's two high-end draft picks likely aren't going to be, they have to be factored in as well, so I think uh, Coach Mosley's got a lot of decisions to make going forward, and it's going to be valuable um, in closing the season out, but it was a great win on the home court, um, despite what I think of our city jerseys, I think they're pretty average. I've got to be honest this season. They're all right, but I love the court. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to start if it does go. Um, I'm guessing looking around the crowd that the the Nets are not the Hollywood A-list team anymore that they seem to be. Um, I don't know what happened there. Who, who knows? Just one of life's big mysteries. Um, Miles, um, Mike, Michael Bridges, Mikael Bridges, um, superb watching him yeah. play. I thought there was, this is not to overrate him, but there was times where he, he had like Tracy McGrady shades about him in the game for me, the way he was scoring his points at will. He just looked very loose, very fluid. Um, and it, maybe it's going to be one of those things where when McGrady left the Raptors, we knew he was a good player, albeit Bridges is older than T-Mac was. And he's been given a team to put on his shoulders and he's shown actually I can score where he was fourth option. Over in Phoenix, he looked good and he, he torched us, to be fair. But things which I'll never grow tired of seeing. Um, Jalen Suggs with his football pass to Mo Wagner. The way he hits that, it's like a signature. Yeah. It, it's kind of like where just every game you're waiting for it and he hit it and it's just, it's never going to get old. And I also liked some of the round the basket finishing that we had. Like Suggs had a beautiful finger roll. Some of Franz's finishing was just sensational. It was like, you know, poetry to watch. You're right, the Nets did look very tired. Yeah, uh, I think if I was a Nets fan, to be honest, they got apart from like the, the little laugh I just had at them there. In reality, I'd be really annoyed when you think about where they were when they had their big three to where they are. It must be quite frustrating if you're a, a legitimate uh, Nets fan right now, but they look tired, they look weary, and if they stay in the playoffs, they're a team where you'd kind of want to play them in the first round. Probably they'd be the team you'd want if you were, you know, like a higher seed. Um, Cole was absolutely sensational um, in the game. I know he led scorers, but there was a point in the game where he had uh, Dorian Finney-Smith guarding him, and it was just the flashbacks to don't get put on an island with Cole. And it just, he just, you know, like took him apart. And Dorian Finney-Smith's a good defender. You know, he was like, that was, that was the asset that came over from you know, like um, with I think it was from Dallas, where he was kind of like, actually, this the thing you get him for is to be a good defender. And Cole gave him some fits, and it's he's what stood out to me is in Cole's surge that he's had is how he's gone for the mid range game, where he just seems to be getting to points at will, a bit like Markel, 
where he gets to certain points of will and it's more automatic now. And you're seeing that maturing rather when Cole first, you know, came into the league, there was quite a few threes taken or he would run into trouble, a bit like Jalen Suggs did. But I think he's quite, I think his offense has matured and that's why we're seeing the improved um, efficiency from Cole. But it was just a good all-round performance. I, I know it's obvious, but eight magic plays in double figures tells its story whether the Nets were tied or not. That's kind yeah. of what we're going to see. And, and the other stat that stood out for me was 30 assists, of which Markel had nine. Yeah. That was that was great to see. Good to see Jalen back in that game as well, having missed the four previous ones. Oh, what a return. Great defence and 16 points. Yeah, you can't mo- moan at that, can you? Really can't. It's good to have him back. So I, I, I was writing this agenda for the podcast last night um, having already watched the Grizzlies game. And the last member of us to watch it was you, Garant. And as I'm writing what to put down for the uh, to go for the Grizzlies section, I start getting messages dropping through. And I thought there's only one person that is going to get the Grizzlies to talk about. So it's you, G, obviously. The Magic quality win. Uh, uh, sorry, quality effort in defeat. So, G. What was your take of the game? And do we get a ref rant? Yeah, we will get a, a little <laughs> bit of a ref rant, let's be honest. Um, there was there was a couple of little bits, shall we say, that um, annoyed me. But uh, let's just start with the positives. Obviously, it wasn't the best start. Um, that first quarter, you know, they yeah. dominated us. We, did, we couldn't hit a barn door. Uh, but then it was great effort um, coming back second, third and fourth quarter um, t- to pull it, you know, as close as we did. A um, couple of, you know, observations. Jaron Jackson Jr. was absolutely immense. You know, the way he controlled that paint, um, it, it did seem that we were, you know, a little bit afraid of going to the paint uh, for fear of getting our shots blocked. I know he only ended up with three blocks uh, and he eventually fouled out. But I thought his presence was um, immense. And, you know, anybody we put in there, uh, he did have his way with who we could throw at him. Um, other than that, we saw, you know, another another player score a career high against us in, in Tillman. Uh, a little bit frustrating. Um, points in the paint. So, yeah, adding on from that Jaron Jackson point, you know, they scored 54 to our 36. Uh, so you're looking at places where the game was won and lost. Uh, that would be one fast break points. They scored 20 to our five. Um, and then I, I know you mentioned it in the notes, Paul, you know, uh, 49 three point field goals attempted. Um, and we are only just hitting 14 of those, which is at a yeah. 28.9% clip. Um, and looking at who took the three point shots, our best three point shooter only took four. So that's a little bit frustrating. Gary Harris made one of four um, shooting. It just felt like we were chasing the game a little bit too early. I know Jalen was trying to get some shots up uh, and it was only when Admiral Schofield entered the game and started hitting a couple that, I don't know, we seemed to get our confidence a little bit. Um, Other than that, you know, the bench played well in the second half. I know you and I mentioned this yesterday on our conversation. Um, Obviously, the first half was to be forgotten about. Uh, Cole Anthony played well. Uh, And Goga Bittaze, I know, know especially Paul and I haven't been his most, uh, 
biggest of fans, shall we say. But he he really did bring something yesterday. So so fair play to him. But I do think that we maybe have um, played him a little bit too long. You know, he played 13 minutes, scored 13 points, six rebounds, uh, including the three-point field goal. Uh, but I think maybe we should have yanked him a couple of minutes before letting the you know the starters uh, get back in there and see if we can eat into that lead because I think with three minutes to go we had a couple of opportunities to to you know to get closer and we didn't um so other than that and my little referent thing it was the blatant call on the five second inbound you're watching it and I, I counted seven and I've messaged Paul. I said, that's easily seven. And he said, wait for the broadcast, uh, broadcast to come back on after the advert. And uh, David Steele and Jeff Turner said they counted seven as well. So, so it, it's good to know that I'm not alone uh, in that. I, yeah. A couple of, you know, ticky tacky fouls, um, one or two went our way, but you know, something blatant like a seven second call, sorry, five second call, which was way over. And you could see the official, you know, throwing his arm out and you're thinking, well, he's done five and he doesn't want to call this. And then all of a sudden they come and call a timeout, uh, just frustrated and not something we ever get away with. So, uh, yeah, that, that was my sort of, um, annoyance at it but uh, Franz Wagner was also fantastic uh, in the fourth quarter obviously bringing us back into it Uh, so like you said great effort uh, just a little bit coming up a little bit too short and that would have been a a good W to have even though they didn't have Morant playing and uh, I remember you being really really happy at seeing the little uh, Dylan Brooks dance as he comes on can't stand him him and Tyus Jones (laughs) I was saying to Mikey earlier yeah, I don't know. I I just I'd like to see them get absolutely whipped in the playoffs by somebody and um, you know get sent fishing early. This I just don't like that entrance that they make. I really don't like that entrance from the tunnel. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, I know we have something similar in the huddle where they're all jumping about and Cole does his skipping thing and whatever. But I just don't like this dance thing the that old- they do. What if it was the Orlando Magic theme song that they're coming out to like that? <laughs> Orlando no, Magic. There was, um, I saw one where they'd somebody had edited in uh, the theme tune to Dora the Explorer yeah. for coming on. That was really funny. That was that was funny. That made me laugh. I like that. But yeah, I just find it a bit cringe. That- uh, entrance that they make. But uh, it's yeah. not the first time it's happened. I was speaking to Mikey earlier, and he he said the Suns used to do it. I think before the Chris Paul days, is it? Oh, right, okay. No, I remember you having a rant about them a couple of years ago because they used to have a little yeah. dance on the floor during and before the games. <laughs> and you did... <laughs> it's annoying, Steph, isn't it? Steph Curry, he used to have a little, little Oh, his little shimmy shake. Little yeah. shimmies. You didn't like that either. There's something about dancing. Is it because you're a is it because you're just a dad dancer? You can't. Yes, that's can't exactly it. I can't dance to save my life. You can't floss. No, that's Paul's that's job. Me. There's only one flosser. That's, that's me. And me and Gary just don't dance. You just stand there looking good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can see that the next video that we do, we tr- we tried to do the uh, recreation of uh, the magic guys dancing away. Will be when we meet up and we'll end up doing the um, Memphis Grizzlies entrance as a group. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I will say, Paul, you're pretty confident there, aren't you? <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to Markel Fultz doing that next year, leading us out to it. We just got to decide who's going to be Dylan Brooks in the middle. 
No, so the four of us. I think we. I think we've got a vote there straight away. Well, we know it's going to be Dylan Brooks. Well, I'm the one that can grow the least amount of facial hair, so it's not me. That's me. That's me and Gary in real trouble then. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> that's only think... real trouble. <laughs> I'm going to I say I'm, yeah, I, 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 I can't. I can't have my hair braided. I was about to say that. Gary, it's Gary. Gary is Dylan. Brooks. Dylan. Well, all I'm going to say is there's not enough alcohol on planet Earth to make me want to be Dylan Brooks. So <laughs> there's probably not enough alcohol on planet Earth for Dylan Brooks to want to be me either. I will. <laughs> you know. Well, well, we well we know G is definitely Tyus Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to be G Morant. <laughs> so mikey Good you've been God. very quiet up until uh this point and uh i want to ask you um about cole look we all agree paolo is rookie of the year franz is listed as ranked second among sophomores mm-hmm. cole has been knocking in an impressive month if not longer so should Cole be in consideration for the sixth man of the year? The short answer is no. Okay. Should he be next year? Very, very possible. Um, if you look at, I had a look at sportsbettingdime.com earlier for the uh, the betting favourites for the for the sixth man of the year. And the top 10, and you've got Malcolm Brogdon, who's, who's very quickly getting hunted down by Emmanuel quickly. Those two are, one of those two is probably going to end up with that this year. If you look at all the players that are in the in in with a chance, they're all team. They're all players on winning teams, and that's that's the key. I think if the Magic end up as a playoff team next year, and Cole can continue the production that he's been showing, especially over the last month or so, then yeah, one hundred percent next year. Um, but I, I don't think it really matters. I think more than anything, I think the 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 important thing is he's starting to show his value coming off the bench. And I think he's beginning to see that now that he can contribute to this team without having to start. And we all know he wants to start. He believes he's a starter in the NBA, but he's just as valuable for us off the bench. And look, the, how many games have we seen this season where he's he's been one of the guys closing? We saw that against the Grizzlies. He was part of the reason why... That game was so close down the stretch the other night. Um, so, yeah, if Cole can keep improving, I mean, look, we're seeing seeing highs this season in in three point percentage, field goal percentage, free throws, effective field goal percentage. He's it's something we talked about in the off season. Something we talked about his first couple of years is efficiency needed to pick up, and uh, we're definitely starting to see that now. And he's starting to look comfortable in that sixth man role. Gary, I know I'm dropping you in this one, but are you agreeing with Mikey? Not quite a six-man of the year this year? I just want to pick Mikey up because he's talking about season stats, but we all know the player awards are judged on the last 22 games. So I... <laughs> <laughs> For the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think Cole should get it based on the last 22 games, not the Seattle Supersonics rule. That's what I think we should get. Um, the, the Oklahoma rule um, says that Cole's a six-man. Um but betting odds in the UK had quickly tonight as odds mm. on for it, and I think with the with the big market and the Knicks being better than expected, he's probably going to have 
a lot of attention drawn to him to get a Knicks player to get some type of profile. Brogdon's been as good as we expect him to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's think- exposure as well, isn't it? The Celtics and the Knicks are on the television, you know, once, twice a week nationally. Yeah. We haven't got one game. I think for me, it's a story of who did you expect, which would be Malcolm Brogdon. Like that, that's the, the, yeah. the start of the season versus mm-hmm. what would be the the nice story, which would be quickly if you were in media. So I can see why the odds are saying quickly right now. Um, I would like to say Cole should be, but I, what Mikey said, really, it's a case of you judge your awards in all seriousness over the season. And Cole's been good. He's been good, but he's, his impact has been in the second half of the season, whereas we've seen the other guys who are leading the race. It's been all season long, and that's what you judge it on. It's a season award that's taken into account. So if, if Brogdon or quickly get it, you can't really argue with either of them. And next season, if Cole isn't starting, if he is a six man again, that's something for him to have an eye on. And if the magic are in the position, the Knicks are in, for example, this year, if that happens, there's got to be eyes on Orlando and it's a very favorable argument to have, you know, and I think the media likes Cole as well, I think. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked the question is because it's been, um, the Magic have been putting out his stats as to how good he's been over these periods of time. Uh, it's been the subject of a couple of articles in uh, the Orlando Magic-related media as to he's making a run at it. But I, I, I've, I've got to say the same thing as you've both said. I don't feel we can change our parameters of it's a season award where we're saying for the Rookie of the Year to then say that Cole should be sixth man. But anyway, um, no one that I'm gonna. I want everybody's contribution on here. Uh, this erupted on Twitter a couple of nights ago, didn't it? With six games remaining, opinions, boys, on shutting down the core players to avoid injury and tanking the rest of the games to give us the best lottery odds. So, Mikey, thoughts? <laughs> We're not shutting anyone down. It's ridiculous. Um, just got to say, I feel really sorry for Dylan because he got the he got the rough end of it from Dante, and uh, he's just sharing his opinion. We're all, we've all got them, um, but yeah, there's just absolutely no point. Look, we've we've over the last what fifty games with what twenty seven and twenty four. If or something, my my, my math is terrible. Twenty seven and twenty three. Add that up together. Doing fifty. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Fifty one. Um, it's um. At the end of the day, it's important to keep this momentum going. And obviously, there's a long break between the end of the season and, and next year. But there's still enough valuable games because we're going to be playing teams like we've got Cleveland twice. They're going to be a really solid playoff team. Uh, you, you can still learn a lot playing against some of these teams, even this late in the season. Even if mathematically we've still got a chance at the play-in tournament, although it's not very likely at this point. Um no, you've got to keep playing them because they might even be trying things ready for next year. There might be things they're already experimenting with, different lineups or different. Do you know what I mean? So there's plenty to learn over the last six games. And yeah, at the end of the day, the, the odds are what the odds are. We've said this all along. Like even last year, <laughs> you finish with 20, 22 wins. You, it is what it is. At the end of the day, we've got a 40% chance still, although we've got. We're tied with Portland. We've got a 40% chance of the top four pick. So, to me, 
um, that's probably going to go down because we're only what half a game back of Indiana as well, and they're shutting down everybody already. So that those odds are probably going to get worse. But I made this point on Twitter the other night. Um, we've already got the core of what we need going forwards. Anything else we can add to that is great. Um, but we know we've got Paolo, we know we've got Franz, we've got Cole, Jalen, Wendell, Markel. We, we've got enough to move forwards with. I mean, look, we already know if, if you eliminate the first 25 games of the season, if you base it on the average amount of games we've won, we'd be a, we'd be a sixth seed. So, and that, and that's a decent sample size. If you think 50, 50 old games that we've played. So nah, just, just keep playing. Let's keep let's let's get a couple more wins to finish off the season on a nice note. Gary, are you shutting anybody down? Uh, um, no, um, I felt as Mikey said, I felt a bit sorry for Dylan because he's a, he's a good guy and he he's a, good lad. I, he's a really nice lad. And I I feel that um, I see the argument, I get it, but at the same point in time, I I don't subscribe to it. I didn't subscribe to it before. I don't subscribe to it now, and we're not going to be in the highest odds. If you want to have that argument, we're not going to be there because we're nowhere near the worst records in the league. We can't be in that bit. As Mikey said, we're likely to be actually in a better spot by the end of the season than a worse one. Um, we need to play meaningful games. So as long as this squad has a shot at the playing, we need to take it. And I, I think if the franchise shut players down now when we've still got a shot, seeing as how they've been playing and actually going after this, I think players would lose faith in the hierarchy of whoever made that call of you're actually denied us when we still got a shot at it. So for that reason, no, to give them experience, no, for culture, for the team, no. Um, I would say the lottery is going to be what it is. We want to build momentum going into the season. But for me, the, the, the point that's not discussed too much is we need to give Jamal Mosley as much experience of coaching meaningful games as possible because he's probably going to be coaching in the playoffs next season. So if he's getting experience now of meaningful games, rotations, minutes, and looks at guys, you know, maturing in front of his eyes in meaningful games, like we saw Franz Wagner and what he can do in the fourth quarter and calls emergence as whatever he's going to be, then he needs every minute of that sample size. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a hard no for me. Gee, I know that you're a hard I no as well. Yes. So I'm going to just flip it ever so slightly to quote what Dante said. He wrote, uh, if we want a top three pick, we have all the draft capital in the world and we can trade up and get it. In the meantime, win. Free agents notice teams that win. What's your thoughts, mate? Absolutely agree with Dante there. Absolutely. Um, I mean, let's be honest, top two picks, you know, I think they're going to be out of reach. Um, even if, you know, we get, you know, four and eight or, or whatever it is that we do end up getting uh, via the lottery. Um, great point there. You know, teams notice, te uh, people notice teams that win uh, and people want to come to a winning organisation and we're turning that corner now. So to be, you know, throwing the towel in and I think it was it when, when we were on that? Oh, I can't even say his name. Um, he was the one that came out and said, you know, why are you tanking? He doesn't like that either. So, uh, no, absolutely agree with uh, Dante's statement there. Um, and, and like what the boys have just said, you, you got to keep going. Um, 
Now, I don't want to put in a bit of devil's advocate here, but the only two that I'd be a little concerned about, obviously Wagner's done his ankles in the last couple of weeks over and over. So if you were to think about you know any player in particular, possibly Franz Wagner, just giving him a little bit more of a breather. Uh, but I'm not saying shut him down, just you know go steady on him. And obviously we've had some issues with Wendell, uh, over this co- the course of the season, and you know they say rest is the best uh, sort of medicine for his condition. So um, you know just watch them. I know the trainers know what they're doing, uh, but no, absolutely, just keep on going as you are. And um, yeah, I disagree uh, with you, G. Sorry, Paul. Go on. No, go on. Carry on, please. About, I was going to say, Franz Wagner's not going to want to sit out a game. Has he played? I know in he's every not going to want to this year, but I, I think that's something that. This has been talked about a lot about resting players and injury management and all this sort of other stuff. The the fact that you've got players like Franz who've got that pride that they want to play in every game possible, we don't see that from from a lot of people. We don't see that from a lot of players. And I think I brought this up a few weeks ago. Paul George was getting interviewed. I don't know if it was the JJ Reddit podcast, but he was talking about he thinks players are softer now. And this is why we see more injuries because they don't go through full contact and like they did in practice, like say 10 years ago, teams are being a lot more careful players, which is why you see them pick up more niggles and things like that. Um, So that's slightly off topic, I suppose. But yeah, uh, Franz isn't going to want to sit out. One one more point I wanted to mention as well. You, You think... What was when uh, Tuesday's game against Memphis was another example of the Magic getting off to a slow start and getting off to a really bad first quarter. It's those game to game in in adjustments that, again, like Gary was saying, Jamal Mosley wants to pick up on. We've got a back to back against Cleveland. Well, that that's like a mini playoff series because you're playing the same team yeah. twice. Do you know what I mean? There, there's another game. Let's say you lose the first game, well, how can you make those adjustments for the second game? It's, again, it's experience for Jamal, it's experience for this core for next season. If, if we're going to make the playoffs, these little things might actually make a difference 12 months down the line. We'll see. Just to clarify, I didn't say shut him down. I just said watch I know, him. No, I know. I know you didn't. I know. Watch him just to make sure nothing happens. Yeah. Just want to throw I, that bait I, out. I, I yeah. I felt as you, as you know I felt a little bad because I think I was the first person to respond to Dylan um, and I disagreed with him very politely and then he just got battered and I felt oh <laughs> so Dylan I'm sorry I'm sorry for being the first reply even though it was a polite one <laughs> uh, I know and I know I disagreed with your point but uh, I do understand where you're coming from we do understand what the the argument that you're making. Um, just don't happen to agree with it on this occasion. And we are now joined by the one and only friend of the show, former uh, writer for The Athletic of the Orlando Magic, now with the Washington Wizards, Josh Robbins. Josh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for hey, taking an interest. Thank, thank you so much for coming back on. It's been a while since we've talked. Feels that way. It does. It really does. How's life in Washington treating you, first of all? It's good. I, I'm happy there. I, uh, you know, it, it is home. Uh, but as I discovered, it's not my only home. You know, Orlando was more of a home than I realized it was when, when I left. Um, so um, good memories there and 
creating some good memories here and uh, happy to be back in the area you, where I grew up. You are still hugely missed by Magic fans, you know. Re- genuinely missed by Magic fans. Well, I'm, ple- I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, I didn't know. I Thank you for saying that. Uh, if that truly is the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a sense of that when I moved beats. And I didn't realize that I was, you know, held in that kind of esteem until I left. So uh, it's nice to hear. I miss the Magic fans like you wouldn't believe. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Oh, good it. man. And how, how, is, how is life covering the Wizards? It's good. It's, it's a different experience. It's a different market. It's a di- of course, it's a different team, but a, different, a team with different expectations, different obstacles, uh, which is uh, the difference is a joy to cover because it's a, it's a challenge and, uh, you know, it's something new. It's something new. So um, I, I, I've, been, I've been having fun with it. I've been adjusting and uh, thing, things, are, things are good in that way. So, yes, we, we know that you don't get to see the magic as often as uh, you certainly used to. Um, but covering all the Wizards, um, you'll have seen the magic on three occasions this season. Um, now, how, what has been your opinion on uh, the core of the, of the magic team that you've seen? Well, I've watched them a little bit more than three times. Just ah, okay, you know. okay. Um, yeah, they have this thing here in the United States called League Pass. League Pass. <laughs> and, and so yeah, that's how we watch them. as well. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I deserve that. No, I wasn't trying to make a deal. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I, no, I, what I, I was winking because when we were conversing, you, you asked me on the show, I just said, you know, I don't watch them very much. Yeah. But I have watched them more than three times. And I, I should have said in person that you'll have seen the three times in person. Then. Difference. Yeah. Um, best way I can describe it is you know, when I left, I left right between the season that Clifford left and they traded Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. Uh, over the summer, they drafted Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. Uh, the difference in where the franchise stands now to when to the final season when I left is night and day, astronomical. Uh, at that time, when they made those trades, before they made those trades, it was very difficult uh, to see you know, what the path forward was for the Magic. You know, how would they get? How would they try to get to become a contending team? And now, in the two years since, it's they have now a chance, and they are in good shape now. I mean, they're in very good shape now uh, and will be in even better shape depending on how the lottery goes. So uh, the, the difference in the team two years ago in the outlook is just totally different. And just to anticipate a question, I didn't leave the beat because of where the team was. That had nothing to do with it. Oh, no, no. So, um, but there's a massive difference to where it was and where it is now. What 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 are the um, the guys that you like in the core of the of the magic? Who is well the the kind of the premise I'm operating under is that you have to have high level players to win big. 
you have to have them. And then preferably you have to keep them for a long time. And so uh, I think the, I think Franz Wagner is a, going to be even better than he is now. You watch him play and he takes every defensive possession seriously. If he plays poor, you can see it on his face. He doesn't like it when he plays poorly on defense. But you don't see that too often in the NBA, except in high pressure, high leverage situations. And on offense, I think he's very good and will be superb in for what his role will be. Bancaro is uh, every bit a number one pick. Uh, he's, you don't really get a sense of how good he is until you see him up close and you get yeah. a sense of how big, you know, physically large and imposing he is. And that, I got that sense at summer league last year when I saw him in person for the first time. Um, so just those two people right there, plus the draft pick they're owed by Chicago and the, the draft pick they're going to get for their own pick. Um, they're, they're, they're in great shape moving forward. They just have to make good decisions and spend their money wisely, which, you know, that's the trick for every team, but they've given themselves a chance and winning that drafting Wagner was the right choice. And then winning that first pick and then drafting Bancaro was a stroke of luck and then the right choice. Yeah. So they, uh, they are in good shape now. They are in good shape now looking forward. I entirely get what you're saying about uh, having to see Paolo in person because we've we've all been over to Orlando this, this year. Um, Gary, Mikey and myself were over at the season start. I saw um, those photos, by the way. Yes, we had fun. We had fun. Uh, unfortunately, G, you were delayed, weren't you? You, uh, through family circumstances, weren't able to get until it was January, wasn't it? You were it over. was, yeah, January. I did two weeks in January, managed to get four games. So that that was a great experience. And like you said, seeing Paolo up close, you know, he's uh, quite quite the specimen. So, yeah, um, so I do entirely get that where you say, you have to see this guy. He's He's a presence on the court. He really is a presence. Huge, huge man. But gee, you've got a question, mate. Fire away. Yeah. So um, obviously, Josh, since, you know, we've got healthy, we'd be the magic, obviously. Um, since 7th of December, we sit at, what, a 27 and 24 record, which if you, if you you know, were to start the season from scratch, we'd probably be about the sixth seed. Um, but obviously without Jonathan Isaac. But next year, with a healthy Jonathan Isaac, uh, and if management were to run it back, uh, what do you believe the team is capable of? At the bare... This is from someone who didn't think they'd win 25 games this year, right? I said that on, on a podcast, and I have to be responsible for what I said. I said that because I thought that the team would do all it could to try to get in the mix to draft one or two. Uh, if I have a, a criticism of how they've done is that they've won too much too quickly because okay. they as well. Now they're in great shape right now, but just imagine where they would be if they somehow win the lottery or second in the lottery, then we're talking about, well, then they they've got it. I wouldn't say they have it made. They're going to have to use, but they'd be in great shape. So where, where can they be next year? Depends. <laughs> I know that's a cop-out answer. Uh, they, I certainly think there's no question they could be in the top 10 of the East. Um, my guess is, you know, maybe 
seven, eight, possibly, if everything goes right, um, maybe trying to get to six. I don't know, it's too early to say. But, I, but what I would say is that they've proven me wrong once. And, you know, a lot, a lot will, their growth will depend a lot on Bancaro, how, how much more efficient he becomes, uh, and their guard play. You know, that's the that's the mm-hmm. hole that's the biggest hole going forward now for them and they're not bad there but they they need to r- rise a few levels to get to where they want to go ultimately on, on that do you think markel faults is the point guard for this team he he does a lot all right so yes if he's surrounded by four great three-point shooters Okay, um, that's fair. Yeah, in, that's in, fair. Today, in today's league, you got to have four, at least four, four players who can space the floor. And uh, you know, Bancaro is not there yet. Uh, that's that's the, all these all the players on the court, no matter who the team, they're all interdependent of each other. They all play off of each other. Um, the things that Markel does well, he does exceptionally well. He's a great floor general. He's got great vision. He rebounds well. He finishes at the hoop well. Um, average to below average defender, I would say, um, with room to grow. It's the, it's the shooting element that is holding him back. Um, and if he's surrounded by four high-capable shooters, then you can have Markel Fultz as a high-level, as a point guard for a high-level team. If you don't, then you're – team is is restricted to a large degree on what it can accomplish offensively so one one to answer your question directly yeah uh, one of two things that has got to change either he's got to improve as a three-point shooter or the quality of three-point shooting around him has got to improve across the board yeah i think we've seen that with the magic this year you know the, the three three ball hasn't fallen for us and that's something that does need to improve uh, over the summer yeah Gary yeah so Josh um, just listen to what you've got to say there would you say that um, the magic front office then their greatest area of need either is addressing the guard player and or addressing three point shooting in the summer well I think in terms of a player personnel standpoint they would be well served to upgrade at at the guard spots, you know Gary Harris is a is a solid, good, two way professional, right? Markel does a lot of things very well. For them to get to where they're going, they're going to have to get better. So, um, you know, this draft, maybe they do get a wing here. Maybe not a not a three, more of a two. Although in Jamal Mosley's system, the, you know, the two and three, that distinction matters less and less. And as a matter of fact, the, the, the defensive versatility that Wagner brings gives them a, an enormous amount of wiggle room as to how they can shape the roster and the starting five and the ending five going forward. So I think the next big change that they need to make or the next big addition, maybe not, if it doesn't make sense in this draft, it doesn't make sense in this draft. You don't want to overshoot, but they've got to improve at the guard spots, preferably with someone who can score and defend. 
at least at an average rate to defend, but someone who can score and to get his own shot. Yeah, that, that's fair. So, Josh, who would you be suggesting? It, I, I, I don't know how closely you've looked at the uh, players in the draft. Who would you be suggesting is a potential as that sort of player? Because I'll be honest, I don't, I don't watch college football, uh, college basketball. Um, I know that the uh, March Madness stuff has been on over here, but I don't, I don't particularly watch it, and I appreciate that there are restrictions around how. Uh, you can what people can say in respect of that the question I'm asking there. Who were those sorts of players that you would suggest are that guard or shooter? Well, I think if you can get a chance to draft, I'm saying something that's captain obvious here. If they could get Wembenyama, you draft him, of course. Yeah. If you can get Scoot Henderson, well, then you're made in your backcourt. Um, for for them to be able to draft him, they got to get at least the second pick. Uh, Brandon Miller. Okay, I know their problems. They're Maybe problems off the court, possibly. He's a hell of a prospect. Uh, uh, Thompson's, they're, they're pretty damn good, too. So uh, you know, what they can do, though, is potentially package some of their young guys for a guard. That's not, that's not out of the question. Maybe they can package one of their picks. Um, again, they're, one of the reasons why they're in such good shape is that they've got so many of their own assets, and they've got some young guys whom they could trade if they had to, if they felt like that was the route to an upgrade. Um, maybe free agency is the way that they go because financially, again, they're in pretty good shape because their team is so young. And um, so many of their guys are under team control and will be so. You know, Bancaro will be with this team unless something goes wrong for the next seven seasons at least you would think so um there are a lot of avenues that they can get and that's part of the the beauty of their situation is that they have a lot of flexibility in the way that they can try to address that need yeah now mikey was hoping to as for those watching who have seen the previous part of the uh podcast here mikey was hoping to be with us here for this section but he's had to just nip off and uh hopefully we'll be back before the before we finish recording um but he was going to ask you this question josh uh with the with us and again we couldn't have you on and not investigate around the wizards with us playing you on friday so he thought it'd be interesting to uh get the lowdown on washington we with us you uh washington what's it two games in front of orlando uh, two games back of Chicago for the play-in tournament. Um, is it important for the Wizards to make the play-in or is it better for them to focus on the lottery? And what do you see them doing? That's what he's asking. About three points there. Okay, so I'd, I'd be surprised if Kuzma's not going to play tomorrow. I don't think Bradley Beal is going to play tomorrow. Um, I've written and my colleague David Aldridge has written that that we think they're better off to lose all their remaining games for the long run, for the long yeah. run. Um, well, they probably couldn't catch Chicago at this point anyway. Several nights ago, they dominated the Boston Celtics. It was one of the best games they've played all year, and they did it without Beal, without Kuzma, without Daniel Gafford, their starting center. Um, now that, yes, they played great, and some of their young guys played very, very well. But this is a team that unlike Orlando is lacking these high ceiling young guys. 
And they, even more than Orlando, need a transformational player. And the best way the Wizards are going to bring that person, such a person aboard, is to do it through the draft. So um, the reality is, I think the majority of Wizards fans would prefer that the, Wizard, that the Wizards lose on Friday night. Of course, the players and the coaches, they are professionals and they're going to think differently. So I, I do expect a close, tight game. And um, but that's the reality of where the Wizards are right now. They are not too dissimilar a situation as where the Magic were in, I guess it was 2021, yeah. the year that they traded all those, you know, their top three veterans. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of parallels there, a lot of parallels there, except Beal was probably a, a higher ceiling player than anyone yeah. the, Wizard, the, the Magic had at that time. He's also paid more. Uh, Absolutely. uh, It's almost like the roles have been reversed. So you get the pleasure of uh, watching a certain Mr. Pazingas most games. Gary, you got to see him during the summer, didn't you? Yeah. Playing over here. I've I've said to you, Paul, about this, that I think when you're looking at the Magic team and the way it's constructed – a lot of going forward is based on how well Wendell Carter Jr. can shoot the three consistently. We, you know, we love what he does defensively. We love his toughness. But when you look at what would, for me, be the the the, the big, the centre to put alongside uh, Bancaro and Wagner in the front court, somebody who can do what a unicorn like what Pazingas does um, would be huge for Orlando. You know, and um, I, I saw him in person live and I know it's a different level of competition when he was playing against no disrespect to the British basketball team, but he was absolutely dominant. And I, I took a friend of mine along and he's not really a huge basketball follower. And even he was saying just, <laughs> he is easily, <laughs> easily not knowing much about basketball, the best player on the court by some considerable distance. He was just, it's scary how good he would be if it wasn't for um, the injuries he's had. Scary. What- what do you see of him, uh, Josh? What's your opinion on KP? I think Gary is 100% correct. Uh, this is an incredibly talented person, particularly for someone at, who is a legit seven foot three. Uh, he's more of a finesse big man. He's much more of a finesse big man than a power big man. Uh, shoots well, uh, comfortable shooting well. He can also drive. I didn't expect him to be able to drive as well as he has. He's Got a good, a very good feel for the game. He can block some shots. He rebounds defensively pretty well. Um, he's not the most mobile defender. He's certainly not the most physical player, uh, but he's an incredible talent. And I remember um, sitting courtside, speaking with an opposing team coach last season uh, when the Wizard, after the Wizards had brought him aboard, traded for him, and that coach said, man, that guy is talented, talented. And he is. Uh, is he the, the third best guy on a championship team? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the Wizards find ways uh, to kind of take advantage of his skills a little bit more. And I think uh, that would be the, in the offing if he remains here for next year. Yeah, we were hoping to draft him, weren't we? Just thinking back to the, the draft when he was drafted. I think we were the pick after. That's right. 
Just and, uh, we were quite disappointed we didn't get KP. So uh, you've got yeah, quite an asset there, Josh. Josh, who is who's the as, for Magic fans? Who's the dark horse or the Wizards that we've got to watch out for tomorrow? Who's uh, possibly do some damage to us? Denny Avdia is their third year, six foot nine forward who um, is a strong defender. Tries really hard on that end. A good distributor who. Um, is improving as a finisher and as a driver and needs to improve his three-point shooting in a, in a significant way. I think he played arguably the best game of his career in that win over Boston, 25 points, 10 boards, five assists. Uh, so he's a guy who can hurt them. Uh, DeLon Wright, one of their starting, one of their guards, um, he started the last game. He's defensively, he's a terror. He's a terror. He's a tremendous defender, and he's particularly adept at jumping passing lanes. So Markel and Gary Harris, they, they've got to be, and Cole Anthony, they've got to be worried about him picking off some of their passes. So, And then Porzingis. But you asked for someone that maybe Magic fans aren't quite so familiar with. Yes, I think uh, Avdia is one. DeLon Wright's a second. Uh, Corey Kispert's been shooting lights out from three yeah. lately. So um, those are the people who I think could emerge, who are a little bit more unexpected to emerge. I just want to ask you one more question, mate. And it's a bit of a, I know it's, 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 going, it's going back to your time with Orlando. What was your favourite memory of working with that team? Well, I would gently, gently just say, covering that team but rather than yeah. working with but there there's an yeah, element cool. yeah. that that there's a you know there are working relationships where um you know you got to earn respect by being honest um so i think you know there's is there a specific game or two that i remember more than the others you know they all kind of blend in for me the games um really it's 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 those little things like a practice um, you know, sit, being around the other writers, uh, maybe doing interviews with guys to, to see how well I can ask a question to elicit a quality answer. Um, so I don't really have a, a single favorite moment. That's fair enough. Yeah. What about meeting the fans in, um, in London in the bar before the game against the Raptors? <laughs> <laughs> that was fun and that whole trip was fun it's brilliant that was doesn't it that was my and i didn't have anything to drink before the game no you didn't just so just so everyone knows but that was fun that trip was great yeah it was a pleasure meeting you there do you have anything to drink g oh yeah of course you know that mate. <laughs> you know that i'm welsh don't i <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, well, Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you, having you back on the podcast. Um, obviously, we're we're all predicting that. Uh, I'm guessing we're going to be all predicting that uh, we beat the Wizards tomorrow, tomorrow night. Which way do you see it going? I think the Wizards are more likely to win, um, probably because they're at home. But we'll see. You know, if they play against Orlando like they played against Boston, they will win that game. Yeah, that was a performance and a half. Really, really impressive performance. I did. I watched uh, the condensed highlights of that game because I just couldn't believe the result. 
And uh, there was some really, really impressive play put together by Washington in that game. It's always nice when Boston lose, isn't it? Well, that, was, that might be the other reason that I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> These NBA games, particularly late in the season, they're so tough to – any single game, any almost anything can happen. And particularly now late in the season where one team uh, or maybe even both teams have incentives not to win, it's impossible to truly prognosticate you know, what's going to happen. So I'd say Washington, but – the last game, I certainly would have said that Boston would have beaten them in a walk, and instead it was just the opposite. No, that's for us. We're all we're all wanting that W for the for the magic. But Josh, as I said, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for letting us catch up with you. And uh, stay well, mate. It's been brilliant. Thank my you so pleasure, much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Happy to happy to see you guys. Miss you guys. So, the week ahead. We are recording our next episode officially on Friday, the 8th, April the 5th. As we've said before, sometimes we change it, but that's the date we've got down. So before then, the Magic play on three games. Uh, we're at Washington on Friday, midnight tip. Uh, Washington Wizards 34-42, 11th in the East, having won their last game, but only having won three of the last 10. Their home record is 18 and 19. Uh, then we are back home in the Amway Centre on April 2nd, an 11pm tip, so not too bad a time, versus Detroit. Detroit are 16 and 60. Um, bottom of the East, I think the ultimately bottom of the, uh, the whole NBA, aren't they, with this record. Mm -hmm. uh, they have lost the last seven consecutively and have only won one of their last ten. And on the road uh, are 7 and 30. And then we round the week off with a with a visit from Cleveland, um, April 4th, midnight tip. Cleveland, 48 and 29, fourth in the East. They lost their last game, but have won seven of the last 10. And on the road, a fantastic, a pretty fantastic record of 18 and 21. You can't moan at that one. So, boys predictions for the week so g what's your thoughts mate right okay um we will beat detroit um no two ways about that i'm gonna have I hate to it be... when you say that i hate it when you get <laughs> that confident mate <laughs> well, i'm gonna go one and two i think Ooh. yeah i know i know we can beat washington we we should beat washington it depends doesn't it Paul Singus is a great player um I can't see us beating the Cavs. Yeah, let's just stick at one and two for now, although my heart says two and one. Yeah, one and two. Gary, where are you going, mate? Two and one. Um, I think we'll beat Washington and I think we'll beat Detroit. Um, I think there's stuff going on at Washington which might affect things going on off the court. I think we'll keep going as long as we can. And yeah, I think we we should beat Detroit anyway. So yeah, two and one. Mikey, three and zero. Ooh, I like it. I hope well, you're right, mate. Well, it's it's not because I think we're going to make the playing tournament because I I just think it's gone. I with with there's not enough time. There's not enough games left. But 
the Wizards, it'd be nice to tie the season series up with them. They battered us in the first two games and we got our own back in the last game. We did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was doubting wasn't, myself wasn't for a the, second there. Wasn't one of the recent <clears throat> games, one where we were virtually stripped of all assets anyway, thanks to uh, the little handbags in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, like Detroit, that's a W. And look, Cleveland have got a losing record on the road, which they haven't been great at. Um, a couple more games down the line, may they start shutting the old players down, ready for the playoffs? I don't think they will, but... Um, we've we've been we've been all right at home. We've been all right at home this season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out. Yep, three and zero. I've just realised I miss I misread what I was saying about about Cleveland's road record. I was reading it as they've won eighteen of twenty one played. It's not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've won eighteen and lost twenty one. So I, not quite so fantastic as I was saying. I, I misread it completely. Um, I'm with Gary two and one. Nice work, Raul. And <laughs> I, I, I'm half tempted to say that we lose in Washington and we win the other two. The home form's starting to really come together, but it could easily be that we win the first two and lose Cle- lose to Cleveland. So yeah, but I'm going. I'm going two and one. And uh, as has become a regular feature, quick tankathon. Nobody's going to like this one because we have just spun it. We dropped our pick, dropped from down to seventh, down one place. Uh, so we pulled Anthony Black, um, a shooting guard small forward from Arkansas, and the Bulls pick. Arkansas, oh, that's a new Arkansas. one. Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas, mate. Arkansas. <laughs> you know what? Yes, it is, actually. Yeah. Oh, gold. Can we start that bit again? <laughs> no chance. It's, do you know what? It's been a long while since I've done one on the pod. It so, is, yeah. to be fair I, I, to you. I'm back. I'm back. And the... Uh, I'm just checking I've read this right. Oh, God, he's from there and all. Carry on my way with you. <laughs> Oh, mate. Um, the Bulls pick also dropped one to 10th. And on there, we get Nick Smith Jr. You can guess where he's from. <laughs> also from Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> this is the way. Oh, mate. I can't believe I've done that. Oh. Well, officially, I'm back. It's been a while since I've done one, like we said. So to everybody, I'm pleased I've given you the comic relief right at the end there. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and watching. Uh, It's been a fun one, this one. Please hit the subscribe button on uh, YouTube channel to uh, Orlando Magic UK. We really do appreciate people following us on there because it's an important way of boosting the channel. Um, If you are planning on spending some money, please hit the NBA store Europe or Fanatics via the links from our website or off of any of the uh, articles and the like that we put out. Uh, Please don't forget to use the affiliate code MAGICUK10 for 10% off, as Gary said last week. We're not saying it's the best one, but it certainly helps us. So uh, we appreciate it if you use it. Certain exclusions may apply. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, all at Orlando Magic UK. And until next time, from Gary, Mikey, Garant, and myself, go magic.